This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, watching the podcast, our YouTube page, 94WIP. Tucker Bagley, who is at Citizens Bank Park, will join me coming up in a few minutes to talk about the atmosphere and the fact that Phillies have punched their ticket to the National League Championship Series for the second consecutive year. And they did it in incredible fashion. Look, last night was stressful. It was close. It was a game of only home runs, scoring all the runs. But you know what really wasn't close? As much as we may have had nail-biting moments and obviously a tough game too, the series. And the series the last two years really hasn't been close. The Phillies have dominated the Atlanta Braves when it matters most. They have that team's number in October. They look like a team that is built for this particular environment of October baseball. They outslugged the Braves in this series. They outpitched the Braves this series. They outplayed them, and they earned their spot in the NLCS where the Diamondbacks, which is not something I expected to say before the season, await. We'll get to that first thoughts on the NLCS. The Phillies are the favorites. They have home field advantage, which is also kind of a new thing in the last couple of October runs. But let's get into the main characters of why they won last night. And there's a lot to talk about because there was an incredible catch in the outfield. There's the crowd, of course. There's Rob Thompson. And there's two big-time players that played like big-time players last night and did what they had to do to help this team win. But I just want to start with Topper because, you know, Rob Thompson took over a team that was in just disarray two Junes ago. And since then... And I know the beginning of this year was choppy, just like last year. But he has piloted this team to incredible heights. He has helped them learn how to win, to become winners along the way. He has an incredible touch with the bullpen in October. And you know, you saw last night, he managed backwards. He felt the biggest part of that game was in the middle innings, was around the sixth and seventh inning, and he managed like it. And then he figured out the eighth, and he figured out the ninth, especially the ninth inning. I mean, the fact that Soto and Matt Strom finished that game was remarkable. And, and I think there was something, too, as the innings played out, the more stressed the Braves became and the more he could maybe get away with Soto, get away with Strom. But he needed to cut off that rally in those middle to late innings there to not let that be the moment it got away. He is a tremendous manager. You know, I, I think – you know, in a, in a lot of ways, Rob Thompson has changed the way I view managers because he is not your not your new school manager. He's not the guy 
that you think of as the next great manager of baseball. He came out of nowhere to get this job. But two things. One, he's really good at managing the bullpen, and that is, you know, in terms of strategy, most of what managers do this day is the bullpen, especially with a team like this. I mean, the Phillies aren't mixing and matching a ton in their lineup every day. He has a feel for his players, when to move a guy down, when to move a guy up. The way he handled Trey Turner this year, we'll get to Trey in a minute, was incredible because he backed him, backed him, backed him, then eventually had to back off, drop him in the lineup, and he got going. And then once he got going, he did not hesitate. Boom, right back to number two because the best Phillies lineup has Trey Turner hitting second in it. Tremendous. Rob Thompson has a really special quality about him. He learned from Joe Torre. I see Joe Torre in him. He's tremendous. And the Phillies, you know, they have a manager that I don't go into any series and think he's a disadvantage for them. And now I go into series thinking he's an advantage for them. He will outmanage them. I thought he outmanaged Thicker. I thought last night the way he went to the bullpen when he did kind of caused Snicker to deploy his bench early. And then by the ninth, he had nothing left. I mean, he had, yes, he had Rosario, but it was with lefties coming out of the Phillies bullpen. So it wasn't like a platoon advantage for Rosario. The fact that Vaughn Grisham, the last man who barely played, is coming up there, that's advantage Phillies. I, I thought a couple times this series, Rob Thompson put the Phillies in a really advantageous spot and he outmanaged Brian Snicker. This guy's incredible. Then, of course, there's Nick Castellanos, who, what a turnaround. What a turnaround for Castellanos from last October, last year, to this year. So last year, you know, I didn't want him anywhere near the plate. Anywhere near the plate. All October, he was a black hole in the lineup, especially protecting Bryce Harper. Now, I can't wait to get him up in the lineup because I think he should be hitting fourth behind Bryce Harper. Two home runs last night, two home runs in game three. The first player in big league history to have back-to-back multi-homer games in the playoffs. It's remarkable. I mean, his power, he's so locked in now. You could tell he has a different player this year, even though he had some struggles in the month of July. Like, it wasn't perfect. And Nick Castellanos is not a perfect player. We know this. Defensively, he's an adventure. doesn't have a great arm. He's a goofball on the bases sometimes. But he can hit. And, and when he is locked in and he's, he's seeing pitches the way he should, he's a really good hitter. In this series, I thought this stat was remarkable. He saw 29 pitches out of the zone. He swung at five of them. That's a 17% chase rate. During the season, his chase rate was 41%. So he went from a guy that swings at everything. And that's who he is. We know that. We know Castellanos was swinging that slider down and away to laying off all that. And when he gets pitches inside the strike zone to hit, he will hit him. He's the first batter. To hit a 100-mile-per-hour fastball off a strider for a home run, ever. That's how good that swing was last night. The two home runs really lifted the Phillies. And the Phillies barely trailed in this series, partially because Castellanos in game three, home run as soon as the Braves took the lead. Castellanos in game four, home run as soon as the Braves took the lead. He was a difference maker in this series. And let's not forget, the play to end game two, that's Castellanos with the ball that he crushed to the gap that Michael Harris caught. So, He's really been locked in here. I want to see him moved up in the lineup. I would move Bone down. I would move Castellanos up behind Bryce Harper right now. He is totally locked in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then, of course, there's Bryce Azuni. There's, there's Trey Turner. Four hits last night. He's hitting 500 in the playoffs. And 
couple of things that, that Trey is, is doing that are igniting the Phillies. One, his legs. I mean, two of those hits last night were infield hits. One of the hits in game three, an infield hit. And then, of course, there's the power, which was so prevalent from early August through the middle of September. Then he really did a home run for a while. And now he's crushed two in two nights. And we know he gets streaky with home runs. So they it could be coming in bunches here for Trey Turner. He's the first Philly ever to have four hits in a playoff game, which feels remarkable. I mean, think about the great players and great hitters that have played here or, over time, especially guys that you know you think of as more average guys, whether it be a Pete Rose, whether it be – a Chase Utley, a, you know, a, even a Jimmy Rollins, who was, a, you know, a pretty good contact hitter. Nobody had ever had four hits in a playoff game for the Phillies. Lenny Dykstra has great playoff numbers. You go back to 93, like Crock. I mean, you'd think one of those guys would have had a four-hit game. Trey Turner, I, I don't know if he's had his signature. I guess the play in the field in game one is a signature moment. But I don't think he's had his signature hit yet. That's still probably to come in the playoffs. But he certainly had big moments. And if you're hitting 500 – Man, you're, you're doing a lot to help your team win. So big night for Trey. The defense is still not great. But if he's hitting 500, I'll deal with what's going on at shortstop. Trey Turner has ignited this thing. Castellanos amazing last night. Topper. And let's hit on Johan Rojas. And I want to get Tucker's thoughts after this on the crowd, the atmosphere, and what it was like when the Rojas catch happened. Because that, for my money, was the most dramatic playoff moment. Not just Philly's playoff moment, but anything. You know, since the Bedlam at the Bank last year. You know, the World Series had some great moments. The, the JT home run in extra innings in, in Houston in game one, the Castellanos catch in game one, great moments. And the Phillies had some big moments. I think Chaz McCormick's catch, unfortunately for the Phillies, in game five, very dramatic. But when you factor in who was at the plate, the stakes on the line, the fact that if the Phillies lost this game, it was going back to Atlanta for game five, the rivalry, and – the moment there with Acuna crushing the ball, the left center field gap, that play and that sequence watching it was the most dramatic baseball moment I felt since Bedlam at the bank last year. It beat all the other series. It beat all the other dramatic moments. The Phillies have had post Bedlam at the bank. It was just, it was like you held your breath. Like you, you, your heart stopped for a second when that ball came off of Acuna's bat, because my first thought was that ball's going off the ball and they they might clear the bases there. And Rojas it's funny because like the degree of difficulty watching on TV where he caught that ball, he gets to the ball so fast. He makes hard plays look routine. So he, he really got there and then he kind of stutter stepped a little bit and it almost looked like he lost his footing a little bit or he was, he was kind of feeling for the wall or was afraid he was going to hit the wall, but off the bat and where that ball actually was, that's not a routine play. I mean, that is a big time play by Johan Rojas who's not hitting in the postseason. But with the way everyone else is in the Phillies, they can right now afford to carry his bat because that defense is spectacular. Tucker, I know you were in the building last night. What was uh, first? Let's talk about the Rojas play and then the overall atmosphere. What was what was your reaction? Your feeling as the ball is off Acuna's bat and Rojas tries to go get it? Oh no! I, I think that was the first thing I, I said when the ball went off his bat and. You know, watching because you know when you're in the crowd, I think you try to watch the players more than the ball. You know, to just to see how they feel. And you know, Marsh kind of pulled up a little bit. I think he might have had a beat on it too because Rojas called him off. But yeah, I mean that that whole inning from walking the last three batters in uh, in the lineup to set up you know the MVP, who Ronald Cooney hasn't done anything against the Phillies in, in the two playoff series they've played. Um, he, he really seemed before that at bat, like he just couldn't wait to get out of there. He weakly grounded out a, a few times before, before that at bat, but 
yeah, when it all was bad, I just, oh no, like that's it. It's over. I, I texted you before that at bat that that could be the series right there. Like if he hits a grand slam, I don't know if the Phillies can come back from that, you know, versus if they get him out, I, I think that's it for the Braves with only six outs left to go in their season. And the fact that he was able to get it, I had tweeted out after the play. I mean, he could go over his next hundred. I'm keeping him in center field. I mean, he's not out there for his bat. He's out there for his glove. And any ball that Johan Rojas doesn't catch is strictly uncatchable. Like, that's a, that's where I'm at with the kid. I, I think he covers the most ground of any center fielder we've seen since Shane Victorino. And, you know, the rest of the game, I think a really underrated play in, in last night's game is the double play that Marcelo Zuna hit in, in in the fourth inning. Austin Riley hit that, you know, home run that, that barely scraped over the wall in the left field corner. Then Matt Olson hit a really hard hit single back up the middle. And that really took the the crowd out of it. You were down one nothing. Your pitcher who was really cruising through you know the the first part of the lineup had a perfect game if it wasn't for Trey Turner's error, which seems to be uh, a theme in, in this postseason run. But after that, it, it kind of got quiet and people started getting easy. And, and uh oh, the wheels might be falling off. And you know he induces that double play, ground ball up the middle. Trey Turner gets it, steps on second, throws to first. That brought the crowd back into it, and then Nick Castiano steps up in the bottom half of the inning, ties the game with the home run, and we were back to partying. It, you know, when I compare it to you know other playoff games, I compare it to Bedlam at the Bank. I don't know if it, it reached that level of loudness, but just the fact that this team, even when they just allowed the Braves all the opportunities, like I think if you're a Braves fan, you're kicking yourself for all the opportunities that your team wasted. Um, especially in the in the later innings against the Phillies bullpen. The fact that this team was able to keep their composure, was able to get out of jams, I mean, it's it's a huge credit to them, and it's something that I don't think we see from a lot of teams in the city that often. The fact that they're able to to just keep moving forward and you know make the uncomfortable feel so comfortable. And Nick Castellanos, I mean, what he's done the last two games, I feel bad for everything I said about him last year when we talked about him being a bum how much he sucks, how, you know, if you could undo one contract in Philly sports, would it be Castellanos or, or Taiwan Walker? And what he's done the last two days, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone, save for maybe Bryce Harper, that's more popular in Philadelphia right now than Nick Castellanos and his son. Uh, it's a good point. And, and he's, you want him at the plate now. Like last year, I wanted him nowhere near the plate in a big spot. Now I want Castellanos up there. That's how good he's been for the Phillies this October. And then, one guy I didn't mention, but deserves mentioning, and he always seems to get forgotten, and he shouldn't, is Ranger Suarez. The guy's money. The guy's a one point, I think, one eight ERA in, in his career in the postseason in the last two years. He's He just gets out. All he does is get out. We don't know what role he's going to have. We don't know how long he's going to pitch. But when he's on the mound, he gets out. Big time, big time stuff from Ranger Suarez. And as we look ahead here, the Diamondbacks are now coming in. Monday's game one. The Phillies have home field advantage. The Phillies are the favorite. The Phillies are the second favorite to win the whole thing now behind the Houston Astros. It's pretty close, though, between the Phillies and the Astros as far as who is the favorite to win the World Series at this point. But this is going to be a different kind of feeling because this is the first time the Phillies have home field and are the favorite in a series the last two years. They haven't, I guess, the Marlins, but that's obvious. But like as we move through the postseason, this is the first time they're expected to win. Last year, I thought I thought they'd beat San Diego, but that was looked. I think nationally has a toss-up series. Like they're both kind of similar out of nowhere teams, both with a lot of talent, but were great during the regular season. And this year, they're the favorite. They're the clear favorite over Arizona. They have home field advantage. 
I'm very curious to see how they handle that. I, I think they're in such a groove right now that I don't think it matters to them who they're facing, who is supposed to win. I think they're just going to play their game. I feel like we're watching a team that's going to win the World Series. That Look, it's all set up for them. It is all set up. There's no juggernaut. The Astros are obviously a great franchise and a great team, but they're not as good as they were last year. The Rangers have not done this as a group. The Diamondbacks have not done this as a group. The Phillies have a, an incredible opportunity in front of them to have a parade here in three weeks, and my gut tells me they're going to. They have everything clicking in the right direction at the right time, and by winning game four and not having to play game five in Atlanta, they set their pitching up. Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, We'll see what they do in game four, but then back to Wheeler, back to Nola, Ranger if there is a game seven, the home field advantage, Bryce sitting like this, and they've done this without Schwarber even heating up yet. You know the home runs are coming from Kyle Schwarber at some point here in October. The Phillies, what, what a time it is to be a fan of this team. They're heading back to the NLCS, and I expect it to win. I appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk next week with the NLCS. And obviously, a big Eagles game to talk about as well on the show next week. Thanks so much for listening right here on WIP Daily.